Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Welcome again to another Sunday here at Business Garage where we learn doing business with biblical principles. So people in the room, people online, let's make some noise and celebrate Sunday today. If you're out there and you're not yet here in the room, or if you have friends and family you want to join us, just share the link right now. Share the link, send it to your friends and family and everyone out there you know who loves business or who wants to start a business and do things the way God wants us to do them. So welcome again this Sunday. My name is Chris Kawes and I'll be your host today. Uh, We have a special guest that you're going to learn about uh, shortly. And as you know that this month we've been learning about others based on Philippians 2.4 which says, let each of you not look out, let each of you look out not only for his own interest but also for the interests of others. And we've been listening to business people who are doing things that have primarily uh, have happened because they've thought about other people. They go out there and look for people who ideally would be excluded and bring them into their community and they thrive together. And those are the stories we are going to hear. And that's what we are going to hear today. I want to send out greetings to our pastor here at Worship Harvest, uh, Apmo, Apostle Moses Mokisa, and Pastor Ari. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to be here and learn kingdom uh, and learn doing business uh, the way God wants us to do so. I also want to send out greetings to our fellow hosts, uh, Pastor B3, Pastor Florence, and Coach Mona. We see you. We send greetings to you wherever you are. So this morning we have an amazing story. And I'm going to first ask uh, uh, our guest and our, our director here to send greetings, to say hello and send greetings. I'll start by introducing Dr. Dr. Professor. We're going to hear what, is the, what the truth is. Gudula Basaza who has a powerful story and has a, an amazing CV, but you're going to hear uh, what that CV is about. And then director, say hello to the people and then send greetings, then we can kick off. Thank you very much. I send greetings to all the people that have journeyed with us. I send greetings to all our youth in the 740 parishes out there. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you for standing out to be transformers. Um, good morning, and I send greetings to all the staff we work with in Vine Pharmaceuticals. And when you said um, everybody makes some noise, I remembered me myself. <laughs> so, incidentally, the people, the guy who used to write names of the people who used to make noise in class. <laughs> Now is the very guy who says, everybody make some noise. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. So you can never know where life throws you. <laughs> All right, thank you, Director. He always has something uh, off the hook. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to read the CV briefly. Uh, Professor Gudula, academician, infopreneur, social entrepreneur, and leader. Bachelor's degree and postgraduate from Macquarie University, Master's from York University, PhD from University of Ghent, postdoc from Washington, uh, George Washington University, a Fulbright Scholar, 
served at UM, Uganda Matters University as senior lecturer, uh, development officer at St. Augustine International University, associate professor of Bishop Stewart University, wrote 43 manuals, published two books, produced 12 songs and six inventions, founder of Goody Media, Goody TV, and Goody Farm Radio, managing director and founder of Goody Leisure Farm and Goody Incubation Center, providing employment opportunities for 294 people. Incubated 112,000 people from all the 10 regions of Uganda, 27 districts, 740 parishes, and they are now leading transformation in their communities. Organized the Youth for Youth White Mill Value Chain at parish district and national level. Initiator of the Pella Deca Hubs model development uh, model. Uh, initiator of the regional spotlight for the, that puts the youth at the driving seat of transforming their villages and their communities. Social investor in six social investment groups. Chairperson of Uganda Women's Adv Advisory Council for DFCU Bank. Chairperson of Uganda Women's Entrepreneur, you will, Uganda Women's Entrepreneurs Limited. Vice Chairperson of Private Sector Foundation. Chairperson, Board of Trustees, Kampala City Traders Association. Board Member, Makere University. Councilman... Form. Now, these are positions she either has or has had. All right? Awards. Now, I'm just trying to ask you to first believe, eh? and then share the link again. Awards. She's had awards over the years. The Comesa Federation of Women in Business, Women Entrepreneur of the Year. The Social Entrepreneur of the Year, recognized by African Women Entrepreneurs Innovation Forum. Women Entrepreneur of the Year, Uganda Women's Enterprise Association Limited. Lands. Lioness in Business Award by Uptown and Uganda Women Entrepreneurs, Best ICT Innovation, and many others. Ladies and gentlemen, Gudula, Naiga, Basaza, you're very welcome to Business Garage. Thank you. So, uh, Gudula, like we call you, uh, I'll, I'll try and add professor or doctor. We have had so many stories of people, business people, who are looking out for others to support them in their lives, to lift them up and then give them a chance at life. And you've done that so well. And you're going to tell us all that story. But before that, just tell us who is Gudula. Well, I mean, outside this, tell us about your life, uh, your marriage, your family, and then tell us how you got into your business that you're doing now that's uh, supporting others. Thank you very much. I am um, a farmer. I am a singer, I like dancing, I like fun, I like parties. I'm a mother of two boys. I'm married for the last 26 years, and I'm 52 years. So tell us, how did you start this journey of doing business while looking out for others? Despite all your accolades, your capacities, uh, you could have been a minister somewhere, you could have been doing, but you focused, you decided to focus on other people, the farmers that you support, and to move them into a journey uh, that's helping their lives and the communities in which they live. How did that start? Okay, this whole journey started as it used to accompany my mother. My mother was a community worker, she spent all her life training other people, and I always carried her bag. So we would move to communities, she started training people on baking, crafts, she always believed that people should have a source of income. 
that time I didn't really think that was my calling and but somehow I kept learning informally by being in the meeting and I always enjoyed the cake side because we had something to eat that was always nice after the training and somehow I always said but you are always giving 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 because my mom my mom is no longer on earth but she spent all her time giving she was just a pipeline you would give her something she would give it out before you even leave so I kept saying why are you always giving she said but I've never lacked why not give so I, I always didn't think it was a good idea I was an academician I kept my studies I did everything I'm supposed to do but finally when I was doing my postdoc in the year 2009 I was alone in the US and it's like a calling something came to me and asked me okay what else are you looking for in life I started looking around thinking okay what is it that anybody wants in life you want children you want education you want a home you want a car you want this I was thinking on all those boxes and I said okay my life is fulfilled how what else can I do and in that same kind of conversation with an, an almighty being I said I'm going to commit to serve people at the base of the pyramid I made this big commitment of 500,000 youth that at the base of the pyramid so they can transform other people I wanted to do something so big that probably I may never be able to do it, finish it myself but somebody else would be able to follow and complete it so to me it's it's a calling but it was inspired by my mother yeah so during that whole period of postdoc I kept reflecting on how I would do it and I kept thinking okay who are the people at the base of the pyramid probably they have no qualification maybe they don't have all the resources so I started modeling around what I, I would do that would bring those people together what I thought about quickly was agriculture some people actually think that I'm a doctor of agriculture but I am not I'm a doctor of ICT but getting information is like what I normally do in my life so I chose agriculture and I started learning around agriculture how to package agriculture so that I can attract the people who probably are left out to come on board when I came back uh, I was that time I was I was teaching at Uganda Matters University I told my vice chancellor that I'm resigning and my vice chancellor was like how how can you resign you are doing a good job we like you you are happy what can we do to make you comfortable I say I, I you know how you don't have a lot of answers but you feel you are determined to go and concentrate on your assignment so I told him I'm comfortable then he said but you're going to miss your gratuity I said don't worry let that gratuity support somebody else out there but I'm going so I decided to start concentrating on my work and this luckily I already we had already had land which we had bought when we were going for our masters we had saved money so that when I go for my masters my husband also goes for my, wanted to study together all the time then by God's grace both of us got a scholarship even a scholarship for PhD so we had this money and we bought land in Nigeria so I already had the land the one factor of my project was already there so I started thinking okay which agriculture should we do the people I was targeting they don't have land so I was looking for agriculture that doesn't require a lot of land 
I always loved having money coming in almost daily. So I was looking for a business that would enable our young people to get money daily because they had daily needs. So I zeroed down on agriculture and I started researching agriculture because that was not my area. But the way, I, the way God works is that God will assign you and will also put you in the path where you will be empowered to do his job. So I ended up being a council member for NARO. I was a council member for NARO for six years. And this is a place for all agricultural technologies. So I was in class. I was being paid for learning. <laughs> so I was learning. I learned about all the different researches that are happening. I met all the different scientists that actually I'm working with on my journey right now. And I'm happy that we are doing agriculture that is based on science. Not agriculture as a hobby or agriculture as anybody who is retired who has nothing to do can do. So that is one thing that I'm very excited about. The other one that also helped me on this journey, having been from the university setting, I had spent all my time in the Senate. So I had an idea of how institutions work, issues of policies, all those things I knew. So when I started working at my farm seriously, although it was too much social, I also wanted to be compliant. Then finally, I said, let me join the Uganda Women Entrepreneurs Association. I joined them as a student, really, because I was coming from a purely social background. I liked giving a lot. It was like, if I don't give, I feel guilty that I'm not giving. <laughs> now, when I met these women, I saw that they were thinking about sustainability. You have to give, but you must also be sustainable. Yes. You can't make people excited and you can't sustain that. So I started learning business from the women. Now, because of the background of being, I think, a teacher, lecturer, stuff like that, I proved to look like a very good student <laughs> to the extent that at this particular AGM, they choose me to be the chairperson of the women entrepreneurs. First of all, I'm not, in my heart, I wasn't prepared enough. I'm still learning. My business is not actually a real business to talk about. But the way God works, he will put you in a place, he will lift you and make you fit in that particular place. So because of that, I had to move faster than I should. I had to make sure I have all my things in order. I know that I'm one of those people that runs a social business that ticks on every box that you look for for compliance. If I wanted, uh, if you ask me today, Give me your tax clearance, I will apply and I'll get it tomorrow because I'm up to date with my taxes. NSSF. Now I even have the certificate of good conduct all the time that is valid. So Uganda Women Entrepreneurs taught me to be very organized in my business, however small it was. And even if it was so much social oriented, but I had to be organized. Now along the way, in terms of the dream being big and being comfortable with a big dream, a friend of mine called Jennifer Mujuche, I don't know if you know her, she sponsored me to go for a training. And at times when you are in this journey of transformation, you have a lot on your hands that you don't even think you should go for training. She said, no, you like it, just go. You'll be studying only on the weekend. So I went to the Institute of National Transformation. It is one thing I would recommend for anyone 
who wants to make a difference in the lives of other people in their lifetime. And that's where I met Kawesa. You are Pastor Kawesa? Yeah, that's where I met Kawesa. We were in the same class, class 19. So we start learning and we're looking at all these people who have done big things in their lifetime. People like Mandela, people like Lee Kuan Yew. And I kept thinking, okay, actually, I'm not crazy to think of 500,000 youth at the base of the pyramid. So it affirmed that it's possible to do that. There are other people who have done that. So it didn't become that special the way I thought, maybe I'm being funny. Because my friends would say, but are you government? <laughs> but, but who are you? Do you think, who are you to do all that? So I'm happy that I got people of like minds. And it's a network that gives you strength. So whenever you are taking on any project, it's good to have people of like minds. People that will not discourage you. People who will be able to listen to your story. Whatever you are saying, the dream you have. And they will not tell you, no, 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 you are over dreaming. It won't happen. Because you need positive energy. There are so many things that you are working with that you need positive energy to keep you moving. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. An academician who... God calls to do something and leaves that space, comes exposes themselves to business with other uh, entrepreneurs, you learn how to do business and then you go out to impact the communities that you want to impact just before I call in director to talk about sustainability because it's something he loves when he talks of social businesses, just give us a hint of what kind of farming briefly, we'll go into it detail, what kind of the youth, what kind of farming do they do out there in their communities thank you very much as Goody Leisure Farm, we run an incubation center. We incubate youth along the white meat value chain. And this is also part of the lessons that we learned along the way, that it's important to make sure that somebody has an ecosystem in which they are operating. So we train youth, six youth from each parish. And these six youth are value chain linked. We have a youth who is in charge of feeds for the animals. They learn all about feeds, low-cost and nutritious feeds. Then we have youth who are in charge of raising the animals. Youth in charge of marketing, those in charge of logistics, in charge of adding value and serving the customer, and those who are in charge of making sure the environment, the people, the animals, and the plants are all healthy. And I like the value chain linkage because we are a market within ourselves. So all the youth that produce feeds don't have to look for market because the market will be taken, or the produce will be taken by the youth in the animal section. But the other thing is making you focus on your area. When I think about agriculture, it is a science and you need to concentrate and learn about your particular area. Imagine if you had to learn the entire value chain. I'm the one who is planting, I'm the one who is feeding the animal, I'm the one who is roasting the chicken on the road. That's a lot of learning. But because this youth has only one segment of the value chain, they concentrate on learning that particular segment. The other advantage of this value chain linkage is that in terms of financing, you only spend money on a particular node and for a short time. If you are one youth doing the entire value chain, you might have an entire six, eight months without money. But because these are very short nodes of the value chain, you need very little money along the way. 
And the way we have linked our youth enables us to have what we call value chain financing. Like our youth who add value to meat, they don't have to have the money for the meat. They pick the meat without money and they pay back after 48 hours, after they have sold, because we are a family, a family based on trust, and we know each of our youth. In Kampala here, we are working with 30,000 youth. 15,000 youth are into logistics, and the 15,000 are roasting meat, boiling, frying, etc. And these are supporting the youth in the rural. There is nothing as exciting as doing business when you are supporting other people. So the girl who roasts meat on the street, because she's roasting meat from Chiriandongo, she's enabling the youth of Chiriandongo to produce and know that they are going to earn. And that is what I like in our model. Wow, 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 that's powerful. And I'm going to, make a, I'm going to ask you to commit something to us later. Director, and we'll get to that. Uh, Grace, I know when you talk about social business, and I want you to maybe uplift what she's talking about. Uh, the first thing you asked me when you talked about social business was that our business is profitable, and what's the sustainability model for these businesses? Yeah. What, what's your heart, what do you see with her business, or what do you want business people out there to know concerning sustainability? In fact, um, I wanted to come at it from a whole different angle. Yeah. There are myths and, you know, stories that scare us. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you think, um, what advice is there that can, should be ignored by the youth uh, of today so that they just jump in uh, headlong? One, one of the things people used to tell me is that, but the youth don't want to work. But I also know the youth like money. So I had to look at a middle ground for those two things. In the way we do our farming, we make a living while living. We know that we are dealing with youth and we are putting a lot of fun in whatever we are doing. I know that we are on record as being a dancing farm. Throw more light on that. How do you make a living while living? Yes, and how do you dance your way to farming? <laughs> <laughs> so, we, I, I made that decision because I love music, I love dancing, so it's integrated in whatever we are doing. Even when we are selling, we organize festivals and people come to dance but come to eat as well. We have done drama we have done songs that are connected to our own business, calling people to come and do business. So we love to enjoy ourselves in whatever we are doing. We, we love to increase the happiness in this country. We are claiming that we are adding happiness in this country because when you are happy, other people around you will equally be happy. And you will see, if you look at our videos, even if you are taking care of your pigs, you have people recording you while you are taking care of your pigs and you are enjoying your pigs. You are, so we love what we are doing. So we had to create an attraction to what we are doing because we know that's what will sustain us in terms of our income. The other thing that we did, which I am very excited about, is that all our parishes 
we are connected. We have a tablet and projector and you can document yourself and show off what you are doing. But in show, so we have our own news that is agriculture related. Today my pig was able to litter 17. I'm now the topmost farmer in our place. Show me your side. So we are news anchors, but within our value chain, which I think is, that is a motivation for many people. And see that we are a big family. Yes, uh, recently I was calling someone. Someone said, Fama, I don't want to get out of the Good Network. I always want to be connected to Good Network. There is fun, but you also learn from peers, which is priceless. Do you intend to run for office? I already have a very big office. This is a very... <laughs> You are not the first one to ask that, but this is a very big office, definitely. I am working in all regions of this country. Exactly. Yes. I'm working in 27 districts. I'm in 720 parishes. Wow. We have a network of 112,900 youth, and our desire is to become 500,000. I believe that number is critical enough to create the change we want to see. Is there a bigger office than that? <laughs> there is something you mentioned about Good Leisure Farm and then Good Incubation Center. Are they two linked? Are the two separate? Are they, what's the relationship between the two? Okay, we started as a farm. The farm is still there, where we have these animals, etc. But then we wanted to ensure that we use our structures of the farm to start training. Now, the farm in itself was not a training center. So we registered an incubation center and got an assessment status from the Directorate of Industrial Training. This enables us to train and assess. So whatever competences our youth learn is also assessed. Interesting. So in the value chain, how do you how do you how do you organize it at the different nodes and how do you know that uh, mr kawesa should be in the roasting and not in the he may eat the 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 the, the, the capital <laughs> so when the youth we have district agents in all the 27 districts they select the youth from the disadvantaged parishes but they work with the district leaders. We have MOUs with each of the district leaders, and we also have an MOU with the refugee camps because we also target refugees. So they choose six youth, and these six youth come when they are already value chain linked. They may not know what they are going for, and this is another lesson. In life, you don't have to know everything that you are going for, but once you accept, God would lead you where you need to be. So they come, then we... We, we have courses that they undergo for holistic life mapping, business planning, being a leader, critical thinking, hey. all those skills <laughs> in the first week. Then you go to your own node. But realize that your node is very important for driving the rest of the nodes. So you allow yourself to just fix yourself to that. And that was difficult for our youth. They would say, but I, but I want to go to roasting. I also want to go to this. No, no, you say, this time, 
you are learning on behalf of others. And to me, that is a lesson in our lives. We may not be everything. If you look at the parts of the whole body, the eye is dedicated to seeing on our behalf. And the leg believes what the eye sees is the right thing and we are able to move. When we choose to be everything, at times we miss out on being specialists and supporting the entire ecosystem. So we choose, then they choose, they learn that, you learn only that, and you are examining that. And when you go back home in your parish, you start training on that particular thing. So we run training in our parishes. Our parishes are called Parish Entrepreneurship Learning Associations, PELA. Yes, so every week there is a training in our parish. We noted that people from the same parish, they are always connected. When there is death, you are always there. When there is a wedding, you are always there. But when you come together to learn and earn together. So we say let it become a parish entrepreneurship learning association. Every week you are learning something. These six youth that were trained, they are training, they are training and production starts. We have 10 different hubs that have to be in a very good pillar. All right, just to, to add a little bit on the value chain, can you tell us the real detail? You talked of white meats. The, there is a farmer, there is one who does the marketing, because the challenge is you have a product, uh, whether a social entrepreneur or, no business, or any other business person, but you don't have a market. But you've gone ahead to do the whole Basically, the person who enters your system is assured that their product will sell, is assured of a customer. Tell us the actual uh, value chains. Okay. The actual value chains, we are into fish, we are into chicken, we are into rabbits, we are into pork. Why did we choose that? We believe that is something the middle class enjoys, and the middle class we may not go to you and ask for money, but if you buy our products, you are actually part of our value chain. So we're looking for something that is eaten by people who can afford and who don't even have to think when they are buying that particular item. But again, we're also looking for short value chains. For chicken, if you look at a broiler, in six weeks, I'm in the market. So even if I was to borrow money, I would be able to pay back in six weeks. So we thought that was a good, very good value chain. But even when I talk about the pig, for example, even the youth who are in production, we still have a value chains within the production itself. There are those who produce piglets only, and they stop there. There are those who nurse, then there are those who grow. For, so we have value chains within, within the value, the value chain. chain. Wow. Yes, we want to make it shorter, so that you don't have to wait for a long time to make money because you still need money to survive. How has failure or apparent failure set you up for success later? <laughs> okay, if I think of uh, failure, they, we have had challenges. One of the biggest challenges we had was an inferno. We, oh. we had an inferno that burnt over 50,000 birds. And remember, these were birds for the intubatees. Because that's where they get their starting capital. If the birds are sold, then they're able to get the starting capital to go with. That was a big blow for us. Losing structures was not the biggest, but losing the dream of the youth. Immediately after that inferno, 
we got swine fever. We lost over 1,600 pigs within a period of three weeks. That was also a big blow. But what happened, as I told you, we always make fun out of everything. I, I, I came back after all these two calamities and I found when the youth who were present had made a huge gathering that we pray and we had a big party with a very big cake. And, and, and uh, people were saying, what are you celebrating when you have just lost? They said, we have life. And then we have a group where we all are and then they were saying, we shall do whatever it takes to put back our farm. Just organize yourself, the labor is available, we shall be there. So I felt strengthened in that we are a network. There is strength in the network and we need to preserve our networks. When you are part of the network, please make sure you are the glue. Preserve the network. The strength alone of the youth, because I was looking at, even if I had 10,000 youth alone coming, we put back the campus in just one week. The strength of the network has always helped us to overcome challenges. Great, guys out there online, kindly ask questions. Uh, we're waiting for your questions. And uh, doctor, there are some questions here that uh, I want you to answer. Ruth is asking, what, what is required to join the farm or your network? Our network is, uh, we can say it's a movement, where anybody can, uh, you, there is room for everyone to join. Okay, I don't know which district Ruth is coming from, but in the districts where we operate, we already have a clear structure where they can join based on their parish, because the parish is our smallest unit for joining the network. But where we don't operate, we have a model we call adopt a pillar, where you adopt your own pillar, you become the agent of that pillar, because you have to have a connection and somebody who takes the stewardship for that pillar to be able to make sure they are reporting, they are part of the network. That is one side. The other side is, of course, being a consumer of white meat is being part of the network. I need to know her interests. Then also inspiration. We run inspiration. We want to hear from other people who can inspire the young people with authentic stories. Uh, someone's asking, there is a notion that the youth uh, need capital to start their businesses. Do you provide them with finances or in, form of, in form of loans or do you get external funding? No, our youth, we don't give them any money. They work for their money. During incubation, they are all involved in doing a business. They say, based on how you perform in your business, that's the money you start with. And we have learned starting small is one of those things that we always do. Our farm, we started our portfolio business with 60,000. I went shillings. 60,000 shillings, not dollars. dollars. <laughs> I went for dollars. I went for shillings. I went for a training in Maya and somebody gave me 100,000. And I didn't have a need for 100,000 at that moment. But I said, let me buy six chicken. I carried the six chicken. I didn't even have where to put the chicken. But my friend was constructing their mall. They had these, you know, the timber they use for holding the beam and stuff like that. And I asked for it. And luckily enough, she dropped this with the nails at the farm. So we constructed a chicken pen and we started doing chicken. And before we knew it, we had 30,000 local chicken 
As far as I know, we are the first people to put local chicken in the supermarket. We had our chicken in Uchumi, good chick. Hey. Yes, but from 60,000. So starting small is not always our problem. But now our youth are growing and they're having bigger needs for money. We have different ways of raising money for them. Our youth participate in three economies. The knowledge economy, they train for money. When you attend their session, you pay 1,000 or 2,000 at community level you pay. Our other way of getting money is through the market economy. We have something to take to the market. But the third one is the money economy where they make their money, make money for them. They save money and they are able to make profit from that money. So you can borrow that money within the community of trusts. But also all of us in the network, we have our own microfinance. Right now, microfinance has close to 800 million and our youth can access this money at 1% per month. But where we have bigger needs than that, we have partners like Equity Bank that lends our youth without collateral. So we have where to get money from when we want to grow. Uh, CD is asking, what's the revenue model for the farm? Okay, our farm, first we are a social enterprise. What we do is attractive to so many people that want to make a change in this world. Our incubation is free. Our youth don't have to pay. But we have to look for the money to ensure that our youth can pay. Right now we have had an opportunity to journey with people who believe in what we do. People like Mastercard Foundation helped us to incubate 3,600 youth. We are working with the Avisi Foundation. We are working with the Private Sector Foundation. We are working with SOS. So there are people who are, and this is also important, looking for people who like what you do or who will have a mutual benefit based on what you're doing. If you are dealing with youth, who else is interested in youth? If you are dealing with farming, who else is interested in farming? But also our directors put money aside to ensure that this model continues working. One of the things but I see again, uh, as our youth start producing, we also put a commission on sale of the meat. At the end, once the person has paid for the meat, then we remove a commission on that meat. Yeah. You know, we can sell maybe 10 tons of meat in a day, but our desire is to go up to 100 tons of meat. Wow. Even if you are getting one shilling on that money, it is still money. Awesome. One of the things I see there is that you stepped out to do something and then people partnered with you who can help you. And that's something we've seen over the, 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 the people we've, invested, we've uh, interviewed here that NGOs, government come to you so that you can help them with their agenda. And most times we want to go to these guys before we start anything. So I think that's something I've picked out that's pro uh, profound. Yes, Director, you seem like you have a burning question. Um, <laughs> just thinking, um, if there was a billboard, an empty billboard, I gave it to you. What would you love to be written on that billboard? <laughs> okay. Directors questions. On that billboard? I, I said, Doctor, here is a billboard for you. I'll pay it for a whole year. Uh, scribble on anything you want. People will read, people will remember you. Live your life as a pipeline. 
where all opportunities that come to you go through you to other people so that we have many people with opportunities. Wow. There are some more questions. Uh, someone's asking, how do you help support me? If, how do you, what advice would you give me if I was running a mushroom business to uplift the value chain? I'm sure that's mushroom, but someone else would be uh, any other business, especially uh, related to agriculture. What advice would you give me to be able to start the value chains and, and, and support other people like you've done? My advice would be that you start by being a student of that business. You need to learn the science, the optimal conditions of producing that particular item. You need to be able to segment the different chains that you can have to make it a real value chain. But again, you have to think about the market because the market is the driver of all these things. When we were starting our business, we actually thought that maybe the Ugandan market is flooded, we have to go to the East African market. We, did, we had to do a market survey. We drove all throughout this East Africa. We're in Kenya, we're in Tanzania, we're in Rwanda, we're in South Sudan. We actually also went to DRC. Then we found out in Kenya, we would actually make a loss if we were selling our chicken there. We would sell bigger volumes, but we would make a loss. In Rwanda, we can make profit, but the volumes are so small. In South Sudan, we could make money, but it's difficult to bring the money home. In DRC, we could make money, and there are not so many conditions. So you need to think of the market, because when we are telling the youth produce, produce, we have already created the market. In Mukono, Kampala, and Wakiso, we have 50 bistros, and their job is to sell meat, they don't produce meat. So once you have the bucket, it is a tell anybody to join you. But if you are going to have so many frustrated producers out there, it doesn't help any business. Then you have to think about the value addition side of it. If it doesn't sell, what do I do with it? And what we have done in our own value chain, we have cold storage. That in case there is a problem and nobody is eating meat, we can keep this meat for a while and wouldn't go bad. And I saw many people have problems during COVID-19, even with their juices. They had nowhere to store their juices. So you have to always think, what if this does not happen? What happens? If I'm bringing mushrooms fresh, can I dry them? Can I make the powder? Can I make the cream? It is. My final question to you is, who mentors you? Who do you go to? Now, I, whom do I go to? I have those social groups I've talked about. I'm in so many social groups, meanwhile, and I get different mentorship from the different groups. Being part of the Women Entrepreneurs, I'm mentored on issues to do with business, women, youth. But you remember, I'm in six saving groups. All these groups are guiding me in business, how to use my money, how to save my money, and stuff like that. But again, I still, my mother mentors me even when she's not around. Because when I remember her principles, they were not written anywhere, they are still principles that are timeless. Wow. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's celebrate Professor Gudula for giving us so much wisdom. Uh, Professor, one of the things our pastor here, Apostle Mose, is 
I won't say I won't use the word dying, but he's passionate about his job creation. We have over 70 locations and over 1,000 missional communities, what we probably call parishes. And I'm going to put a challenge out to you that you're going to support us in this in this program. That we are going to come to you and you teach us what you're doing. So that we can think about others and support people out there in their economies and do amazing things like you're doing. So we are putting this, um, and I'm making it public so that when I come to you, don't run away. (laughs) Actually, I'm already, I think I'm already working with one of your communities in Chira. Really? Because there's somebody from your church, okay, I don't know which branch, who has been asking me, we've been training people in Chira. So I think I'm already part of it, but maybe to make it more organized. Yes, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's celebrate Doctor again. And for you out there, everything that you have had, uh, we normally want to make a call out to those of you who have not yet found God or Christ and accepted him as their Lord and Savior. Why? Because the things that you've heard Budula say, remember he was an academician out there as a professor and told him to go out and look after some people. And God wants to start a similar relationship with you because it's God who gives you the power to do everything that you're doing. And if you're out there and you've not yet started a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to make this call and give you an opportunity right now to give your life to him and accept him as your Lord and Savior. And if you're the kind who wants to do that, say this prayer with me. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity that you've given me today to come to you and start a relationship with you. I want today to declare that you are my Lord and Savior. Take my life and do something significant with it. Amen. And if you've just said that prayer, there's a number on the screen. Call that number. Uh, when you call that number, they will tell you what, you've just, what just happened to you, but also what to do next. The number is 075 449. If you're out of Uganda, you can dial plus 256-775-642-449. There's a pastor at the end of that line and they will tell you what to do next. Uh, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Uh, thank you again for joining us. I want to welcome you every Monday. Every Monday at uh, 7 p.m. on Harvest Radio. There's a program called Beyond Boss and we're going to learn a lot more about things that Gudula is talking about, but a lot, many other things concerning those who want to start business. If you want to start a business, we will teach you how to be your own boss. It's hosted here at Worship Harvest, Worship Harvest Radio. You can join us uh, at the radio if you want. Every Monday, 7 p.m. See you tomorrow. And here, see you again at Business Garage next Sunday. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.